Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. This is Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am signing on with my intense and cobbled co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello, fresh from the cobbler. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm even, How are the shoes? The shoes are fantastic. You know, I had this really nice pair of boots I wanted to take to Paris with us, and they had a hole at their toe. What? So guess who fixed shoes that have holes? Your cobbler. Cobblers. That's right. They are very, very critical. So yeah, right up there with my seamstress. But no, I'm, I'm good. My, I got my shoes. We're all good. Good. That's uh, well, We are going to be at MCAS uh, in Paris. Huge, huge aesthetics meeting. Huge. Uh, both plastic surgery, derm. It is a uh, multi-specialty uh, meeting yeah. of uh, about aesthetics, aesthetics, everything. Aesthetics medicine. Every er, Aesthetics everything. It's yeah. awesome. We love this meeting. It's going to be a blast. Um, we did, you know, finally log in for the gala, which is big. We yep. got to get got your seats. seats. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> like you can't even get it. With 15,000 people there, like you can't even get into the gala. We're in. We are in and we are seated. So glad you got your, your boots handled. Um, I probably need to try on all those clothes that uh, Brie Jacoby made for me, my my stylist, who mm-hmm. uh, I haven't even tried them on. She'd slap me right now if I were here, but um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta look the part. Also, gotta be tailored. Well, speaking of tailoring, we're gonna tailor some noses today, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about Hispanic rhinoplasty. Yes, this is a whole separate podcast entity surgery, and it deserves its own recognition because it is not your run-of-the-mill rhinoplasty. No, and, and ethnic rhinoplasty is too broad of a term. Right. It's everyone that's not Caucasian, which is like <laughs> most of the world. <laughs> it's, it's like, somebody asked me that one time. They're like, do you do ethnic rhinoplasty? I'm like, dude, I'm in Los Angeles. Like, what do you think I do all day? You think everybody walks in is like, you know, some white girl from Beverly Hills? Wrong. No. Like, it is... Like, that's what we do. I have patients who are Asian, who are Hispanic, who are Arabic, who are Persian, who are, you know, everything under the sun. I have patients that are black and Swedish combined, which I've, you know, talked about before. There's... There's so many different ethnicities. How can you just say ethnic rhinoplasty? Right. And that has historically been the umbrella for anything that's not a Caucasian nose. Um, because historically, most of the principles of rhinoplasty were designed around Caucasian noses. So that's why when people started doing non-Caucasian noses, the idea of ethnic rhinoplasties came into being because we realized that there's a whole different kind of technique and tips and ideas that you have to be able to handle in order to do a non-Caucasian nose. But today, specifically, we are whittling it down to the Hispanic noses. And I got to say, too, I could even like, I could divide this one oh, up into totally. 17 different topics of yes. Hispanic rhinoplasty. There's mestizo noses. There's Spanish noses. There's there's Mexican noses. There's Northern Mexican noses. Like their they're Hispanic is even too narrow. Too broad. I, sorry. I mean, it's too broad. Too broad. Which sometimes Hispanic noses are. I was thinking are. about narrowing noses when I said that. I think that's why I said it's too narrow because typically you need to narrow the tip yeah. of the nose. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was looking at your nose thinking that, you know, I don't know, maybe. 
Yes. Speaking of Hispanic Speaking rhinoplasties, of Hispanic you, can, rhinoplasty. you can talk about your experience. Right We're coming here. up on the one-year mark <laughs> on Dr. Ravello's rhinoplasty, so you can talk about that. But, you know, that's the other thing, too, is, like, a lot of Hispanic is, like, uh, you know, your your parents are, you know, Honduran and, you know, kind of white American, you know, Caucasian. Yeah. So that, that mix is also really common, and there's also... Uh, you know, Central American and Asian. I mean, there's every mix right. you can imagine and it affects how the nose starts and where they want to go and what the ethnicity, what the ethnic characteristics are that patients are trying to maintain. You know, as I said, I had a patient who was, the dad was six foot four, uh, large guy, African-American guy, and the mom was a five foot one, blonde haired, blue eyed Swedish woman. And here's this kid and he comes in and says, I need a rhinoplasty. I, I think I have a hump of this. And I was like, he's like, but I want to be ethnically consistent. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> which one? tell me what that looks like. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, do something cool. That, that looks great, which I did. But it was really interesting because he had kind of like, he had the, the bridge of the mom, but then he had sort of a, a wider ailer base like the dad, like, and it was really a, an interesting sort of nose to do because the discussion of what do you want this to look like? He's like, I just want it to make me look better. I, he goes, I think this takes away from me, kind of points at certain things. And then we fixed it the way he wanted, which I don't know what ethnic consistency meant for that, him, but he just looked great afterwards. And he felt like it was a huge win. And he, he came back every year to tell me how great it was. So it worked. Great. With Hispanic rhinoplasty, there are some things that I think you can take away as this is what patients want and what they're looking for. Um, and especially with like Central American noses and, and even like, like there's, there, there are certain characteristics. Like I always say like, like once in a while a patient will come in who has a hump and a droopy tip and you know, they'll say like, I, I want to change my nose. And I said, this is a classic nose. You know, they have a little bit of a low radix, a little bit of a hump, the tip's a little bit droopy. I go, if you go to the Mayan ruins in South America, this nose that is, what it is looks painted like all yeah. over every one of the walls in yeah. those temples and because that was what people look like. That's how they that's look. That's how they looked. And they were very proud of that nose. Absolutely. That the the classic Mayan nose, so you'll find this in the more indigenous people um, or if they have indigenous um, you know, ancestors, they're going to have more of this characteristic nose. And this is more typical to Central America, although there is some influence sort of going up to Mexico as well. But yeah, on profile... They have a large, rounded hump of a nose that is usually quite projected and right. then a kind of a plunging tip. And that, that is a classic indigenous kind of Mayan-looking nose. And if that is the nose you have and you love it, then we love it too. Of course, because that's that's how people look. It's, you know, and if you want to change it, we, we're with you too. But, you know, that's where, you know, a lot of this starts. Now, then there, there's the mestizo nose, which is, you know, a very large part of Mexican yes. and Caribbean rhinoplasty. It, it is a combination of, and mestizo is a term that uh, basically means some sort of European influence mixed with Central American, Native American influence. And it can be, uh, you know whatever, you know, and then typically it was like a Spanish nose mixed with some sort of Native American, Central American uh, nose. And typically there's thick skin at the tip, thin skin at the radix and the hump, and a wide ailer base. 
kind of like a total nightmare rhinoplasty <laughs> nose. And, and I have friends in Mexico that deal with like mestizo noses yeah. day in and day out. It's like what they do. And usually there's like a, sh- a lower bridge. Totally. Too, right? It's like the totally. bridge is not as, as high. So, I mean, it's... Oh, I mean, wait, there's one more bonus with oh, those noses. Oh, what's that? They barely have any septal cartilage. Yes, that's <laughs> so, the other So thing. they don't have anything to fix it with. It's like, here's this nose that needs everything you got as a rhinoplasty surgeon and you got nothing to, to, to use, use to make it. That's why, that's why God made ribs. <laughs> There's rib cartilage ribs. for us to go get because we I typically will use rib cartilage in cases like that because they just don't have a whole lot of septal cartilage. You go in and harvest the septum. It's the size of a quarter. And there you are with no cartilage and this nose that needs structure so badly at the tip to get a beautiful result. And unless you got rib cartilage, you're you're... As we say, SOL. Your SOL. And that's just, I think, I think the mestizo nose is very important to talk about because we definitely see that a lot yes. here in Los Angeles. It's a very common nose. And so this is someone that's coming in for a primary rhinoplasty. And it can be a little bit disconcerting to them to hear that you have to take their rib to do a primary rhinoplasty. Ribs typically used for a revision rhinoplasty or a reconstruction. And so... Well, now hang on a second. Mm. The... Asian population the, has now gotten very well, yes. into rib cartilage yes, because so was, they've sort of they've sort of come around to these dorsal implants have some serious problems. Let's and, and they have the, they suffer with the same issue. There's barely any septal cartilage, right. and they need it to build up the bridge, et cetera. So there, it is coming in vogue for primary rhinoplasty in certain in populations. The umbrella of ethnic rhinoplasties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is un, okay. Let me specify. It's unusual in a Caucasian nose totally. to have to come in and get a rib graft rhinoplasty. True. But in this big umbrella category of ethnic rhinoplasties, it's definitely a little more common. So don't be alarmed if that is what is suggested to you, because even though sometimes the noses appear large, they're underlying structure is usually very, very weak. And so that's why you need that extra rib. Yeah. And, and there, by the way, fantastic results. That's what's on the other side of that rib graft. And now it does, right. you do have to make a, uh, you do have to make an incision. You do have to do all the, you know, you have to do a lot more work to do that, but the results are, are really, really attractive. Yeah. But the, I think the other thing you have to look at too, um, it's not just the techniques and the differences in techniques that you have to do during surgery. You have to talk about the healing process is yes. much different after these surgeries than a you know classic Caucasian rhinoplasty. So let's let's take the mestizo nose for a second because you know anytime I give a lecture in you know some city in Mexico, this is a topic. It's like a it's like a, a three or four. Do they call it mestizo rhinoplasty they, they or do. do they just call it rhinoplasty? <laughs> no, they, no, they talk about the mestizo okay. nose very specifically. It is a it is a known entity amongst rhinoplasty surgeons because it has such difficult characteristics. And the patients, this is who wants rhinoplasty. They don't like the thick skin at the tip. They don't like the low radix. They don't like the hump. They don't, they don't like that they a lot of times have difficulty breathing through the weak cartilages on the side because the cartilages are small. So it is a topic uh, amongst Hispanic surgeons who are dealing with this and, and people who, and surgeons who may or may not be Hispanic living in these cities, they deal with this. And it, it is a, a big lecture topic on the, uh, on the agenda at these conferences. And, you know, I, I, I asked one guy who, who lives, and, and it is sort of, like that type of nose is regionally available. 
like they're like in Guadalajara, there's plenty of, of mestizo noses. So the surgeons who work there, I asked them like, what do you do? He goes, same thing you do suffer. (laughs) 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 They do what they can do because it's like, we can't get the skin so thin that you're going to see these cartilage grafts. We can't get it this way, but this is what we can do. And so you have to kind of like come to terms with what this rhinoplasty is going to look like because it's, it is totally different than doing, you know, a, a Caucasian rhinoplasty with a thin skin, you know, patient. It just, it's, they're they're night and day. They're, They're not even like, you know, and, and in fact, my, my scrub tech today, who yesterday we did a Asian revision rhinoplasty, uh, with a rib graft. And then today we were doing a, uh, Caucasian rhinoplasty. She said, oh my God, this is totally different than what we did yesterday. You know, and it's, it's rhinoplasty, but they're, they're, they're not even in the same ballpark uh, other right. than there's a nose that's being changed. What has to get done are, are totally different things. Right. And then as you alluded to, the skin has a lot to do with it. So 100%. the Hispanic or mestizo nose typically has thicker skin, especially at the tip, which is a blessing and a curse. So a blessing in the sense that you can build up the nose a lot with cartilages that maybe in a thinner skinned individual, you would see kind of the the outlines of the cartilages or the grafts. When you have a thick skin, you have more leeway to put a lot of those building blocks in because you don't see the structures and the grafts. The downside is that you don't see the structures and the graft. So it's harder to get like definition to the nose. Um, And that's, I think, where a lot of the challenge comes from because the thick skin sort of makes it more amorphous looking than you would perhaps want. Yeah, and and so the the options on these noses are, you know, everything from lowering the the hump, raising up the radix, using some radix grafts, either fascia, cartilage, et cetera, dice cartilage and fascia. You can also, uh, you know, with the tip, I do something where I, when I raise up the skin of the nose, I'm doing it much like a facelift where I'm in the subcutaneous plane and I'm leaving all that, that snass, the, you know, the, the muscular fibro fatty layer of the nasal soft tissue covering down on the cartilages. And then you can peel that off of the cartilages. So you've effectively thinned the soft tissue envelope of the tip of the nose then you can you will start to see more of your definition but i can tell you that a lot of the stuff heals and it does regrow and so thinning it is a, a starting point but then there's steroid injections and possibly a secondary operation where you thin it further depending on what the result is you're looking for um just you know knowing what the patient wants and what you can get them is really sort of the key in the communication as a rhinoplasty surgeon you want to deliver a result that they're going to love, but you don't want to bring them to surgery if you can't deliver that result for them. And and every nose has to be evaluated very carefully. And you know, people use Accutane to thin the soft tissue and and all these other you know tricks, which are helpful. And but realistically, you have to understand that those thick skin noses still are going to have some thick skin, they're and, and, and thick they're very skins. similar to, to thick skin Southern Persian noses, which are. They have this like thick tip skin that's really hard to to work with, and so, you know, having this like I've I've done over five thousand rhinoplasties at this point, and having the experience of, you know, twenty 
plus years in, in dealing with every type of ethnicity does help me to say, this is what I can get you and this is what I can't. And I draw it out for them and, and show them. Uh, but you can also see on the website, you can see the before and afters and you can see what's possible because everybody wants to have a better looking nose when they're done. So if I put it up on the website, I think it's a good result and it's probably the best that I could get them. And that's really helpful. And I think it's really important for them to understand too, that, that getting that to that result is a process and it's going to take them longer to see that final result than somebody who maybe has thinner skin. When you have that thick skin, it takes a lot longer for it to sort of shrink or shrink wrap around the grafts. It takes a lot longer for the swelling to get out of the nose. So you may not see your final result for six months, a year, two years, because it takes a while for that thick skin to really calm down. And and the nose may look better right it'll out of the gates. It'll look- Right out of the gates. It'll look great, it'll look better but it will keep getting better and it's going to take a little bit longer to get you to that final result. Yeah. I mean, even like I looked across the table at you for the, you know, last year and we did your operation in February. So we're coming up on the year mark and you, your nose gets better and better every time. It's a great looking nose and it was good right away. It was different than what you had. You know, the tip was better and all that sort of thing, but there was no definition yet. And like, you're just starting to get that definition. We're just coming up on the one year mark and a year from now, it'll be even better. I, yeah. I I know that. I have that thick, I have thick Hispanic skin. It's thick and it's, it's, it's fighting back. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. <laughs> and that's the way it is. And you just have to take it and you just, and you have to sit on your hands a little bit and just, you know, cause uh, I, I think we did a we couple, did, couple steroid injections for you. One steroid injection. One. Yeah. And, and that was enough. I mean, it was fine. I can wait. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, could you do good. more? Yeah, probably. But at this point, I would just no. you know, let it let All it go. Good. It looks great. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and and it's still your nose. I don't think it really changed the way that you look, other than made you look better. No, I didn't want a big change. Um, a, I had a super deviated septum, and I oh, didn't. It was awful. It was like way off to the side. Sinusitis. <laughs> It was every two months, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, easily sinusitis all the time. And then um, I was like, well, while you're there, you know, I have this tip that I don't like. It's in that photo right there. We need to redo our photos. <laughs> see, that's my old oh, tip right there. there. You're getting rid of the, there's the before and after. Just go right next to it. See, see, see yeah. right there. <laughs> totally. And so yeah, it just, was. You can see the tip. The tip comes out more than I like. So, But that's just, your good side. You always took pictures I on that side. The good because side, so. the other side had the, def- the had deficit. The, yeah, had the, like ice cream scoop out of my septum. So yeah, we just, I wanted just a straight nose. I didn't want anything scoopy. Just give me a straight, you know, non-bulbous tip. Right. But nobody would look at that photo and be like, that's a typical Hispanic nose, even though we know that that's a combination of your father and mother's. Right. It really is. Like between the two of them, that's how that nose arrived here. And so you know that there's going to be thicker skin at the tip and all those sort of things. Because I think you're Dad's pretty much a, got the mestizo nose, you know. Is, totally. Yeah. And, kind of uh, smushed and, and wide, ala and thick skin. Thick skin at the tip. You yep. know, it's it's classic. And and so for rhinoplasty, that's where finding a surgeon who kind of knows what they're dealing with is sort of key. Yeah. It, it, it for is. Sure. And, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I, I feel for my, my brethren, <laughs> my rhinoplasty brethren in Guadalajara. And, they suffer. And I, they, they suffer. That's what he said. It was so good. I was like, so what do you do? Like, what, what are your tricks? He goes, he'll the same thing as you. I suffer. 
<laughs> I was like, that's totally it. It's totally it. Because it's like you do the rhinoplasty and you're like, <sighs> well, just be patient. It's going to come around, I promise. And, but, you know, it is better right away. It, it, is. it and, is. And I and I don't want to, you know, just... I don't want to bag on, you know, like don't do it because it's not worth it. It is worth it. Totally if you really want to, if you yeah. want to change these things, it is worth it, but it is much more of a process. Yeah. The thinner skinned, you know, uh, patients are going to see the results sooner, et cetera. But, you know, for people that really want the change, I mean, it, it's, you know, Patience. a long, long life, God willing, and you can be patient while, it, while this evolves. Yeah. Patient, patient. Yeah. Patient, patient. Very good. <laughs> Anything else about Hispanic rhinoplasty? I mean, I, I could di divide it up into so many different, you know, Caribbean, Hispanic, and like there's there's so many. Again, this is where you know my my whole message with rhinoplasty is spend some time to make a diagnosis on what the problems are, the issues with that nose, and where they want to go, and what materials you have to build that nose that they want, and then you can have a, a realistic conversation about what's possible so that. You know, you don't have disappointed patients. You actually have patients that are totally thrilled. I couldn't agree more. In that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Oh.